0: Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing this. And uh, it's always good. This is the 28th year that I've gone into all the world. So how many of you here have gone all the world? Maybe anybody else gone out? A couple people here have gone all 28 years. So anyway, some of you don't even know what we're talking about, so hopefully we'll explain it today. But uh, the Lord spoke to me in 1994. Uh, and told me how I could go into all the world and I'm gonna share a little bit of that today I got a lot to do. So I'm gonna run right into it. Thank you, Pastor Matt for the opportunity And uh, we just want to read a couple of scripture and then we'll get right into the message. But Jesus um, Basically, uh, when did he tell the disciples to go into all the world Well in Mark 16:15. He says go into all the world and preach to the nations and teach them and make them disciples and Matthew It talks about going to all the world, but when did he do that? He didn't do that when he first started his ministry. He didn't do that in the middle of his ministry. He didn't do that at the end of his ministry. He never told anybody to go into all the world or reach them or to teach uh, till he was resurrected. And why is that? Well, we're going to discover that today. But it's important to realize that Jesus uh, in timing is everything. So he told the disciples when they were able and equipped to do something. Not before so he is uh, uh, put on a cross he goes and he pays for our penalty he pays our penalty he's our substitute and that's the that's the joy of our salvation is the fact that instead of us going to have to go and it's he that went and then he comes up and he's on the grave and it's amazing that Mary Magdalene and, uh, and other people saw him and they went and told the disciples. Do you know what the disciples did? They didn't believe him. These disciples are the ones who what? Saw Jairus' daughter raised, another boy raised. And then saw Lazarus come out of the grave after four days. And when Mary Magdalene and uh, other women went and saw Jesus. And actually had a, you know, saw him that he was raised from the dead. They ran back and told the disciples. And they did not believe him. When God speaks to you or actually appears to you, there are other believers that sometimes <coughs> wonder if you even heard from God. It's just the way it is. Amen. Okay? And then, of course, we all know who Doubting Thomas was, right? So Doubting Thomas, he's there. And so, uh, you know, he says, unless I what? Put my hands in his uh, the side and put my hands in his uh, hands, I'm not going to believe. So you know what? They're in a room. It's closed like this, and Jesus doesn't go through the door. He just appears. Okay, and then he walks over to Thomas, and he said, "He heard what he said." <laughs> you know, God hears what you say. You know, God even hears what you think. Okay, and he goes over and he he says, "Thomas, here, put your hands in my hand. Put your hands in my side." And Thomas bows down and says, Lord. And Jesus says, blessed are those who don't see, who don't get to see me. You know, I never saw Jesus. Maybe you've had a vision of him, but I've never personally had him come and appear to me. But yet at the same time, because of God's word, we have an understanding that he's our Savior. It's after all these things Jesus is raised from the dead he comes back and on the road to Emmaus he talks to two people and he says he begins to expound all the scripture and tell the, uh, all the prophecies and he begins to explain to them but even more important than that when he was in uh, he came out he came into Abraham's bosom that was the holding tank before he went to heaven okay in the sense that that was a place that was like heaven but it wasn't heaven yet. Because Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead yet. He got all those people, and some people don't even realize this, but it says in Matthew, uh, the 51st verse in the 27th chapter And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And it says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept were arose. And they came out of the graves after the resurrection. And they went into the holy city and they appeared to many you know what happened the religious leaders were scared that somebody would make this thing that Jesus rose from the dead so they put what did they do they put guards at the tomb and when the guards and that this happened and it shook and the tomb was uh, the stone rolled away the, they came to the religious leaders and what did they do They do what everybody else does in the world they said here here's some money go tell everybody that it just the disciples came and took his body you don't want money maybe you want some gold here's some gold just go tell lies tell the whole city that it was just you know he didn't raise from the dead it was the disciples that took his body you know God always is ahead of the devil so God opens up the graves and people like my grandfather come and sit with me and tell me hey Jesus just came down I'm going to heaven with him he just expounded to me all the things in the Old Testament about who he's the Messiah can you imagine sitting here right now and people that you love walked in the door and then someone came up to you and says hey, you know the disciples stole his body. He goes, "No, know I didn't My grandfather just came in my brother just came in. These are people I've done my funerals for my uncle Jim Just came in and he told me Jesus came down and he told him everything about himself And now he's gonna take we don't know if those people stayed all 40 days But Jesus stayed 40 days on the earth talking to many people Okay And so God is showing people in generation after generation. Can you imagine uh, if someone came into your life that had been passed and they're sitting there expounding to you about what Jesus is doing and you get your kids and maybe your grandkids, this goes on for generations. In other words, the disinformation that the world tries to give us about Jesus, God made sure that there were enough people to know that he raised from the dead. But there are still people today believe that disciples stole his body. But there's many of us who don't because somebody somewhere told us about the true Christ. And so this is when Jesus told them to go into all the world. It's after they've been born again, after they've been changed, after the love of God was shed abroad in their heart, now they have something to give the world. Before that, they didn't have anything, but now they have a new nature and that new nature. We're new creatures. We're not of this world. Okay. Now we have something to give the world. Now we can go and share Christ with everyone. And that's what he says. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we're to go into all the world and tell people about Jesus. We're going to go to what it says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Or marysville columbus ohio you know united states and the world that's what we're going to do today we're going to be able to go into all the world Uh, there may be one project that is laid on your heart you can do that but you're able to go into all the world and the reason we can do that is because god has a plan for our lives if we just will uh pastor matt alluded to it if we'll just understand that we have to turn our lives over to him so I have a handout that you can get later, but I'm going to do a little bit of teaching now. That was the first sermon. The second sermon is on its way. (laughs) Okay. But can you imagine people that saw Jesus came to people, his disciples, and they didn't believe him? So thank God that, you know, the message is, is loud and clear to us, that God is alive and well. But the first thing we have to do is understand God's financial plan. God shared with this with me over the years and so I'm gonna share it with you really briefly because this is uh, this is a little bit longer. Some of you taking my Foundation Two course know that this is not a one one day teaching. So we're gonna fly through this. But the first thing that we have to do is realize what you know Matt Pastor Matt talked about. with when he's my son in law. Some days I call him Pastor Matt. Some days I call him Matt. Someday I just say hey son you know so Forgive me if I don't use his title, but pastor Matt shared greatly on on giving and it was a great teaching and one of the for He even mentioned it today. We need to give God total control. So God owns it all. That's what we build our life on And you'll get a handout so you don't have to take notes But the God's plan for our life is that we keep Him number one So God has a plan and that plan is that we keep him number one you think that that's easy no transferring ownership is not easy everything we do is about authority You see when you got saved you didn't get saved from the world you got saved from yourself if you would continue to worship yourself which many people do you don't realize that it's a hidden deceptive thing you will self-destruct But God doesn't want you to self-destruct. And he came and says, if you'll give your life to me, if you'll turn your life over to me, you won't self-destruct. Isn't it a shame to see people self-destruct in the world? I probably would have been on that path years ago. If I wouldn't have turned my life over to Christ, we make bad decisions. We don't know how to do things. And we're always concerned about what's in it for me. See, the world is always what's in it for me. They gave money so that they could keep their power. Okay, the world does the same thing today. So it's just continually understanding that everybody, if we're not careful, even as Christians, if we don't keep God number one in all our decisions, we're thinking about ourselves, okay? And so it's important, God's plan is to keep him number one. So every day, every decision, you have to transfer ownership. You have to realize, am I in control of this or is it God's way? Is this what God wants me to do? And so the other thing is God has a purpose for your life, and that purpose is fellowship. He wants you to communicate with him all the time. So he's he wants you to communicate all the time uh, in fellowship with him. And so I'm going to make sure I get my notes right here. And so we want to make sure that we communicate with him at all times. So God, when we keep him number one. We want to have fellowship. But then we have to realize that God has a plan for you, okay? And that plan for you is success, but The reason that he wants you to fellowship with him is because then you get to understand God's heart. God's heart is important for you to understand because he said the love of God is shed abroad inside you. The love of God, he is love. He's inside us, the Holy Spirit. We're part of him now. And as we fellowship with him, we get to know who he is. You know what his heart is? His heart is after people. And you know who he's after? You. Mm-hmm. Aren't you a people? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, his heart is after you. Individually, he loves you, he cares about you, and he has a plan for your life. So that plan for your life is success. What does Malachi say? He said, if you'll test me and try me and give 10%, he says, check, check that out. If I want, pour open the, I want to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to you. So, God's plan for us is success. He wants us to succeed. But we're not going to succeed unless we what? Make sure God owns it all. And understand that we're to be stewards. A steward is someone who manages somebody else's goods. Okay? I want to get really personal here. Jesus said you were bought with a price. Your life is not your own even god owns your life
1: amen
0: okay and so in other words even you're stewarding your own life okay and you're asking him where do i go what do i do what do i speak in other words we're stewards of everything not just money so god wants success for you and he said he'll pour out a windows of heaven so you know what i did i just decided that you know the best thing to show that would be a funnel and up here i'm not shanna so these are not exactly good windows, but these are the windows of heaven, and God wants to share with you his success, and how does he do it, says, if you give, it'll be good given to you, good measure pressed down shall men give unto you, okay, other people are the one that bless you, you say, well, I just, you know, I have a job, well, those are people, and they paid you. I just got an inheritance. That was your somebody that loved you, and that's a person. God doesn't bless us through money falling out of the sky. He blesses us through others. Okay. He says, if you'll give, then others will give to you. And so it's important that we recognize that. But what he does is he wants us to be good stewards. So the first thing that we have to do with being a good steward, he says, if you'll bring all your first fruits into the barn, then I'll fill your barns. The first barn is a budget barn. You need to manage your budget. And then the second barn is a surplus barn. The third barn is this big thing. It's called your life barn or your estate plan. So those are three things. As we steward, what are we supposed to do? God says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Why does he want us to bring a tithe and an offering? Because we reach people. That's what he wants us to do. What's God's heart? People. So we reach people, those people, remember the unjust steward that Pastor Matt talked about recently? The unjust steward went out and made friends on the world and he said, they're more wise than people of my own children because my own children don't get it. If they would win people, they'll have someone to welcome them when they come to heaven. So you know what happened when I understood that? I said, Lord, I want to be a millionaire. I want you to put your arm around me and show me 1 million people that my life affected on this earth. Mm. I don't care about the money. Right. You don't care about the money. You That's got streets right. of gold. You care about people. That's right. I want my heart to be with your heart. I want my life before I end that you would show me a million people that I touched somehow. So if you'll funnel it to me, I'll give it wherever you tell me to. In other words, you're gonna be in control, you're gonna own it all. And so, the other thing is when God blesses us, then our barns get full, and we always preach, get three to six months living expenses, um, you know, so that you can live, and thank God that most people can do that, uh, eventually. We couldn't at the beginning, but we did eventually. And then why we give offerings like today, and we give out of our surplus, to reach people, which then again, Brings people up to heaven. And this thing's shaky, so it's not real good. And so, but can you see it? And this is called the circle of love. We give and God gives. Okay. Maybe we'll do that out of green since it's worth money. You know? We give and God gives. Circle of love. Not the circle of life. That's a movie by Disney. Okay. Circle of love. I give because I purpose in my heart. You say, well, Pastor Dennis, do you have to give 10%? You want to know the truth? (laughs) 10% is where you start. Okay, that's Old Testament. New Testament is, Jesus says, if you understand this principle, you'll be a cheerful giver. You'll want to bring as many people as you can, and it'll be you purpose in your heart to give what you want to give. I'll leave it up to you. You, I'll pur- you purpose in your heart what you wanna give. But if you really understand it, you'll give as much as you can. And it actually you'll say, you know, Lord, if you'll bless me, I'll do more. And so, you know, the, the key is in the circle of love, you're doing that because you understand you got the picture of what God wants to do. So in the sense of that, uh, there was times in my life where I didn't have that much. I remember sitting in a, a service in Cleveland, Tennessee, and the Lord, you know, had some missionary there and, and the Lord was there and I said, Lord, I can't give much. I reached in my pocket. I had two dimes. I had 20 cents and I said, Lord, someday in my head, no one else heard this what? You know, my wife didn't hear it. No one heard it. I said, someday I want to give, a certain number. I think the Lord put that number in my head because it was way bigger than I should have said with 20
1: cents.
0: (laughs) Do you know, years later, I was sitting down writing a check and the Lord brought me back to where there was 20 cents in my pocket and reminded me that I had that thought. Do you remember earlier I said, God knows your thoughts? I never verbalized that to anybody. He saw my heart, or he dropped that in my heart, and I had that thought, and years later, I wrote a check that, with that amount. And I said, God, you're, you know everything. <laughs> you know? He knows all, all the things, and he wants to bless us. But if we need to make sure he owns it all. So I wanna ask you guys a million dollar question. You ready for it? If God gave you a million dollars today, so I want you to think about this. God gave you a million dollars today. He funneled somebody to give you a million dollars today. Begin to think what you would do with it. Okay. Now, so there's a lot of answers. Some people say, oh, I'm to pay off all my debts. Some people say, I'll tithe and then i would, uh, buy a house. Some people may say, you know, I'm going you know, to give it to this person or give this or I want to do this. Uh, do you got what you would do? Did you get those thoughts? Okay. Now I'm going to make sure that you're listening today. Because there's only one answer. Only one answer. And it's not tithe. So if that's what you're going to do, that's not good. It's not pay your debts. That's not good. It's not give to others or do this or do whatever. None of that's the right answer. You see, As soon as you had that answer, you owned what God gave you. You were making the decision of where your million dollars was going to go. You didn't transfer ownership. See how subtle the devil is? You didn't make God number one. You didn't have God owned at all. As soon as he gave it to you, you decided what you were going to do with it. So you were in control if god owns it oh you're not in control the only answer or the only thing you can say is lord why did you give me a million dollars and what do you want me to do with it it's all yours yeah i don't care how much you owe on your house or how much uh people you owe debts or whatever that is the only answer and you'll usually hear give it to pastor dennis that's usually what he says (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to, (laughs) no. No, he's going to tell you what to do with it. And it may do exactly what you thought. It may be give tithe, give offering, pay off your house, pay off this. It may be that answer. But you have to give him the authority to realize when you do that, he will funnel more to you. Mm. You understand that? When you really, truly give him that (laughs) authority in your life, he does not mind funneling things to you because he knows you'll do stuff with it that he wants you to. I was at a golf outing one time. I run a lot of golf outings in my life. Sometimes I look back at my life. I've done this 28 years. I didn't realize I was running golf outings for 20 plus years also, many of them, sometimes for ministers in Ohio, sometimes for the district or whatever. But anyways, I'm running this golf outing and the Lord tells me the night before, there's someone here at the golf outing, he was telling me. There's someone that can put groceries on their table, but they're at this golf outing. I didn't understand at the time that someone paid for that pastor to be at the golf outing. It was all pastors. And so I got up there, and I'm supposed to announce where we go and what we do and everything. And I said, Well, Lord, you know, this is really hectic for me at this time. But if you really want me to say something, then you're going to have to remind me at that point in time. Okay, because I'm trying to get all the teams together, trying to do this together. So I get up there, and sure enough, the Lord says, quicken my heart. So I go, okay, there's somebody here. You know, this is not a normal golf outing announcement. But there's somebody here that can't put groceries on your table, and you're wondering why you're even here. I says, I already know that God wants me to give you X amount of dollars if you'll be willing to come forward. Well, all these golf carts are lined up, you know, like 40 golf carts. So I couldn't see anybody coming and going, I knew it, (laughs) you embarrassed me in front of John Wooten, the district superintendent. I mean, this is crazy, but I didn't see, there was a guy way in the back and he started to come forward. And he came forward and he was struggling in the ministry. He was about ready to quit and had told the Lord I couldn't put groceries on my table last week, and if I can't this week and you don't do something, I'm out of the ministry. I had the other pastors give, and, he, and John Wooden met with him afterwards, and they made sure that his church was okay and he's still in the ministry. So we never know what God's going to do, but we have to be willing to do it. I want to say this today. If there's someone here that's struggling to put groceries on your table, okay you come see me afterwards and God will make sure you can do that because we're not going to give to the world and not take care of our own okay so if you're here don't be embarrassed about that because we've all been there almost all of us have been there at one time where we're struggling to make ends meet Mm -hmm. so this body this house as Shanna calls it this place is wants to meet your needs also you're part of us and you're struggling you come and see us, and we'll make sure that you're taken care of. That's very important to us. We do want to give to all the world, but we want to make sure we take care of Jerusalem first. Okay, our own our home people. So it's important to do that. So the right answer is what? God, what do you want me to do with this? Okay. So all the kids, how many kids are here today? Come on up here for us real quick. I have a gift for you. Can all the kids come up here? Oh, yeah. I got a dollar and a five dollar bill. Yeah. Now, now you got to listen. Were you listening while I was talking? Now, you have to, what are you going to do? You have to ask God, what am I supposed to do with this? Okay. So, you're going to learn to hear from God today. Okay. Go ahead back to your seats and I'll tell you what to do later. Okay. Everybody come up here and get yours. Just grab one. All right there's six dollars there now what would we just teach you're going to ask the lord what you're supposed to do with that and i believe god speaks to kids and he is going to demonstrate today that he can speak to these kids and that they can figure out what to do i got more is there any teenagers here want to be part of this teenagers all your teenagers come up here come on you need to say, why now I get six bucks? I mean,
1: (laughs) there you go. All right. Who else is here?
0: All right. So now these kids know that they're supposed to ask the Lord what to do with that six dollars. Oh, we got some more. Okay. All right. I'm not out yet. Any other kids? Right, don't act like you're a kid if you want. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but we're going to try and demonstrate today that God is going to speak to these kids. Now we have different buckets to give to, and so it's a, ma- a matter of time where you know I'm going to ask them to let the Lord speak to them where they're going to what they're going to do if that six dollars that you just got, just like they got a million dollars. Okay, and I believe God will begin to speak to them. And then parents, you can talk about that on the way home. Talk about how, how did you know to give to this one or what may impressed you? But if you don't know anything, then what it says, purpose in your heart. If you don't hear from God clearly, or you don't get an impression on what to do, then you purpose in your own heart on what you should wanna do. So we have different things. We have Honduras. In Honduras, we have uh, people that are, um, the village is orphans and widows they minister to. And uh, who was the guy that spoke? Tom came and spoke to our church about that. What a beautiful ministry. Okay, in Nicaragua, they're doing uh, outreach. They're building a building, hopefully, uh, to, to be at the, a Bible school that they can go. Libraries, classrooms, different things. Uh, that's a great ministry. They also are trying to get 50 Bible schools in Tanzania. So that's a great thing to give, to. Okay, she dreams again as people... You know that Ohio is fifth in sex trafficking. So, you know, there needs to be some uh, ministry to these girls when they get out of that. And she dreams again, is that ministry. And Till Smeagol is uh, president of that organization. It's a great ministry to give to, that's locally here. And then um, this uh, is Kai Alpha. Uh, Kenji is the head of Kai Alpha. He just wrote, or gave me a text and showed me a a guy that was at our pond we have a you know somebody's been out to our place we have a pond where we do water baptism we let the chi alpha come every year and they brought about 40 or 50 kids this year maybe more than that and they swam and had a good time some of those kids were from china it was the first time they'd ever been to an american's home and kenji was trying to say well this home is not not necessarily typical of every American family. <laughs> that happened to me when we were uh, we went to England. I've been on two mission trips, uh, five inner city trips. You know, there's different ways to go into all the world. But anyway, so uh, I was in England and we went over there, and uh, the pastor decided to come and visit me. I stayed in his house. Okay, he asked me what I wanted for breakfast. I don't really eat breakfast, just an orange juice will be fine. You know how many times that week I got orange juice? One time. He was so upset at his wife because he was doing all kinds of things and I never got my orange juice. You know why I didn't get my orange juice? Because they have to go to the market every day. You know what they have? They have a refrigerator that we give our college kids as their refrigerator. You know those little half refrigerators? That's what they had in their house. So he's coming to my house and I'm picking them up at the airport and I'm saying, Lord, I don't know how I'm gonna you know, explain to him because you, know, you don't say anything when you're there, but they thought they were living good, okay? I got lots of refrigerators in my house and they're not little ones. Right. The little ones out by the clubhouse. Okay, so I got one refrigerator, two refrigerators, three refrigerators in the house. I got a couple in the garage. I got a couple freezers here and there because we entertain a lot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay? So I had to tell them, this is not the typical American home, but most people have a full-size refrigerator and a lot of them have another freezer in their garage. You know, we don't have little refrigerators. You know, this is America. We've been blessed more than we can even understand. Yeah. If you go overseas, you don't understand it. Amen. But they don't have it sometimes. So, but anyway, Bill came out to our pond. His name was Bill. He just gave a testimony. He's from China. His dad's Buddhist. And he gave his heart. He said, I want to serve the rest of my life for Jesus. Okay. So sometimes when we give, even to like High Alpha, they're re- reaching people from all around the world down at the Ohio State campus. It's a great ministry. So you maybe you want to give to that. And then... The Hope Center is right here in town. And maybe you want to reach to that. They they feed and clothe people and do a great job, but they all do it with the purpose of one thing, to win people to the Lord. It's just not a social organization where they just give things or do things. It's, there's a message that they want to get across. And that's the most important thing because see, it's about reaching people because what, that's God's heart, God's heart. Well, you know something? This is just our first year. First year here at the church. And the Lord has blessed the gathering because of you. Can you say thank you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. In the first year, we have received approximately $210,000 in tithes and offerings. Give the word of praise. So we have covered all our expenses. We have. Uh, three to six months in surplus, okay? that That's, for a first-year church, Amen. I mean, we are blessed beyond blessed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And because of that, because we're following uh, God's financial plan, okay, and we want to do things, see, this is not just for individuals. This is for churches, for businesses. Do you know that J.C. Penny, after he developed his store, he lived on 10% and gave 90%. Mm-hmm. Do you know that uh, uh Mr. Green, the guy that owns Hobby Lobby, they give 50% of their profit or surplus to win people for the Lord, 50%. Now he didn't start at 50%, but he says, I'm gonna do this plan, and when we get a profit, we're gonna start giving, and they're up to 50%. He may go higher than that someday, but right now Hobby Lobby gives 50% to win people to the Lord. Well, as a church, we wanna do that too, and Pastor Matt's coming with an announcement on what we're going to do as the gathering, because what we're a part of is bigger than us.
1: (laughs) Thank you for for thoroughly and efficiently talking us through. Go Ye, it's a lot to talk about today. Well, I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) And today, as you you see these buckets here, um, we're talking about both missionaries and ministries. And we need to give to both. You know, we can give a lot of money to missionaries, and that's great. We need to. They need to be able to survive and and live in there. But they're also trying to raise funds for ministries. You look at Nicaragua and Tanzania. These are ministry opportunities for them to build classrooms, to build places um, where we can not just go and preach the gospel, but we can train people there, living there, to also raise up churches, raise up churches uh, of where they are. And so we're giving to both today. And uh, as we were looking at our finances, and again, we have been blessed, and that's because of your faithfulness. Thank you for your generous giving this year. And and we said, you know, we did a series on giving. You should give sacrificial, you should give with faith in your heart, all these things. What am I doing? What, What am I giving? And so Shannon and I, we decided what we were gonna give today. And then we also thought, okay, well, what is the church gonna give? Can the church also give to support that? And we looked at our finances and we thought a little bit of faith, but thankfully, uh, a safety net of finances. What if we gave $21,000? If we gave $3,000 to each one of these buckets this morning, wow. in addition to what you're going to give as well. Can you give God praise? And when
0: that happens, this is in the circle of love. We're going to reach people, and God is going to see our faithfulness. And he's going to pour out a blessing on this church again to do that because we're going to continue to say, Lord, where do you want us to do with it? What do you want us to do? And so, uh, let me just explain to you how GoY started. See the stack of mail? This is just this week from people want me to give to them, all ministries. And that's what happened when I was in 1994. I was going through my mail. You know how much I? You know what I've learned to do. I tell the Lord, you tell me what you want me to give. And if you want me to give, I'm not. I, I can't read all these. It tugs at your heart. Right? So I just, oh, that's nice. Focus on the family. Okay. Love packages. Yeah. International for Jews. Okay. you know, heritage foundation. You know, I just keep on, and I just throw it all away. I don't read anything. But then one day I was sitting there and it was Billy Graham's ministry and I felt like, okay, the Lord gave me a check and I opened it up because it, when I feel that feeling, he made want me to do something. Mm-hmm. So, but I can't give to every, all these ministers. I've given to all these ministers at different times, possibly over the years. But I just say, Lord, you have to show me when you want me to give. I'm not going to give everybody has a need. You just can't give to everybody. And so I opened up the Billy Graham thing and I was reading and it was a really good project, you know, and I'm sitting there and my heart's tugged and I felt like the Lord wanted me to give to it. But I said, Lord, you know, I just can't give to everybody. I was sitting in my living room or uh, in my kitchen at the trash compactor through <laughs> mail away, and that's where it was. And the Lord said, go into all the world. I go, Lord, I can't give to everybody. And he says, go into all the world. I had just come back from a youth meeting. It was like midnight. I was tired. And I said something, you know, I said, Lord, I just can't give to everybody. He said go to all the world and this teaching which i had been teaching for many years popped into my mind and i always taught when you give up money you're giving up your own life because you went and you worked and they paid you or it's still yours but god's blessed you with it but when you give it you're giving part of your life and it just clicked if i give to every nation of the world i'm giving my life to every nation of the world i can't actually go like dr batarsa a guy i went to kenya with he's been to 120 nations just the thought of that tires me (laughs) i do not like riding on planes for 11 hours or 12 hours you know to go places um but you know the thought of that uh but he says if you give to every nation I woke Susie up, I got so excited. And this was just like you know, when I when somebody saw Jesus, came back told them. I woke her up. She's like, What? Honey, I'm gonna go into all the world. What? I'm gonna go into all the world. And she's looking at me like half awake, going, What do you mean? I go, the Lord just showed me how to go into all the world. If we give to all the nations, we can actually literally go and fulfill the Great Commission. Okay. And so I start sharing that with other people, and some people get it, and some people don't. But I get to fulfill Scripture. I love to fulfill Scripture. Jesus says, if you love me, do what I say. Okay? So one of the things he did, he says, before he left, he said, go into all the world. So now I know how to do that. I can give to every nation or nation group. So this world bucket will be divided under 160 nation or nation groups. And that's been done for 27 years now. This will be the 28th. We send it to the Assemblies of God and ministries, and they have missionaries in all over the world. Some of them are hidden because they're not allowed to be in those nations. So we don't really know which missionary it goes to because they're in there uh, just like, almost like, you know, spies, you know, they're in there teaching English, but they're really trying to promote the gospel or they're in there doing it as engineers, but they're really there to share the gospel. So we don't know some of those closed nations, uh, who it is exactly, but they give it to people so we can be in every nation. So at some point in my life, when I get there, there'll be people from all those nations that will say thank you. And for those of you who've gone into all the world for 28 years or the 27 years, it's gonna be the same for you because our heart is after God's heart. We wanna reach people. So that is an important bucket for me, you know, And next year, here's my hope. Normally, we have like 160 pieces of money. There's 160 quarters in here. There's 161 dollar bills in here. Okay, normally we have buckets, 160 of them. Well, Pastor Matt, if it's okay, I can figure out. I can go 80 buckets on window seals out there. I can do about 30 or 40 here, and we can do this row here. Next year, we can put 160 buckets out, and we can go into all the world literally, Uh, by walking bucket to bucket. Amen. So if that'll be acceptable to him, then we can do that, and we can do it just like we uh, have done it before. And so it's important. So the first thing we're going to do here is we're going to have those kids. Now, kids, here's what you say. Lord, where do you want me to give? There's seven buckets up here, okay? The Lord will impress upon you, and if he doesn't, then you can purpose in your heart. But I'd like the kids that I just gave $6 to to come up to the bucket you feel like you're supposed to give to. And you'll start off our giving today. Thank you, Jesus. And this is important. Once these kids are going to hear from God, and they're going to be able to give to where the Lord tells them to give. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody want to share why they gave to that bucket? Did you feel an impression or anything? You can share that with your parents for sure. I want you to do that. All right. Some gave everything to one bucket, some people gave to different ones. That's great. To talk to your kids on the way home to see you know, what they were impressed to give to that bucket. We want God to speak to our kids. He does speak to our kids. It's just a matter of training them. So train them to hear God's voice, to hear God's impressions, to hear what he wants them to do. Some of them may become missionaries somewhere. I have two or three people that have gone to mission field just because of Gohi. They said the reason they went and served was because when they were young, they walked around those 160 buckets and the Lord spoke to them. And so they went and served for a couple years overseas. So... You never know what God can do with your kids. And guess what? They're not your kids. God owns everything. He owns you, but he owns your kids too. And you have to release them and let them go wherever God wants them to go. So, everybody stand up. What's that? He can have have (laughs) them. I've said that more than once myself. (laughs) So that's okay. Father, I just thank you as we just, give. Yeah, let me just explain. Uh, when Jesus explained who he was to the disciples, did you see this? Someone gave me this. It's a beautiful piece. Remember Joseph, coat of many colors? Okay. Joseph was a type of Jesus. Not only did he go to the bottom of the earth, you know, in the sense of an earthly thing, prison, and then was raised to the second highest position, just like Jesus was. He also had a dream and his father gave him a coat of many colors. This coat is made of all the flags. Not all of them, but flags. In other words, even in the Old Testament, Joseph being a type of Christ, was that Jesus wasn't coming just for the Jewish people. He was coming for every nation, for every tribe, for every tongue, for every person, because God loves us all. He was always intended that none should perish, no, not one. That's his heart. And so if you look in the Old Testament, there's lots of types, but the coat of many colors basically represents Jesus coming for everybody. Not just one select group, but everybody. And he came and he died for us all. And that's why he, at the end, didn't say go to the Jewish nations. He said go into all the world, every place, tell about God's love and about his salvation and about how you can have forgiveness through my blood and my body that was broken for you. Father, we just thank you that we can come today and give whatever you're doing, giving online or coming up to the bucket, doesn't matter. But Father, impress upon your people what they should give and to what ministries they should give to. And Father, I ask that you would open up the windows and pour out a blessing upon them as their heart has become one with yours. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can come and give up here, or if you give online, that's fine. But any way that you want to do it, but the buckets are open. God bless you.